0: Thank you for the opportunity to join you during Advent worship uh, another year. This is my fifth uh, time to preach at Memorial Church and my fourth Advent. And uh, it's, it's a great treat uh, each time. Uh, and and I'm, I'm very grateful always. May we pray together. <laughs> We gather around your word one more time, O God, glad to be together, glad to reach out to each other and to you. We thank you for the word which has come to us already in so many aspects of this service. Draw us again one more time. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When she finally got over the shock, Mary began to sing. Her song started out as a praise chorus, but morphed into a socioeconomic manifesto. The church calls it the Magnificat because the Latin Vulgate uses that word as Mary cries out, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Today, let's call it the lyrics of justice. A lilting, troublesome melody, then and now, especially now. This is the Christmas season. Lilting is good chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping or taking a little nip, yuletide carols, all that. Lilting is good. So can we possibly just wait a little bit for justice till after January 1 or January 20? We're really tired. But Mary and Advent won't shout for joy without demanding justice. Her words, full of wisdom and warning, paralleling those of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, cannot be tethered to one season. Bursting from Mary's mouth, they come to our hesitant ears. Mary has titles aplenty across church history as Blessed Virgin, Ever Virgin, Theotokos, Mother of God, Christotokos, Mother of Christ or our Lord, Mediatrix of all graces, a participant in redemption. In 1854, Pope Pius IX declared her to have had an immaculate conception carried out by a singular grace, the document says, of Almighty God. A century later, Pope Pius XII declared that she experienced a bodily assumption into heaven which spared her from physical death. Mary, whose life spans the Jesus story from annunciation to crucifixion, that Mary, is one amazing woman in the Gospels and in the church. Yet for all her churchly significance, the Gospel documents only two occasions when Mother Mary and Son Jesus have a direct conversation. Did you know that? And those two conversations reveal a great deal about their relationship, their strong wills, and their bio-spiritual DNA. The first occurs when the pubescent Jesus turns up missing after one day's journey on a return trip from Jerusalem to hometown Nazareth. Like parents in every age, Mary and Joseph search frantically for the divine adolescent. And when they finally discover him, sitting in the temple, talking to the elders, as the old song says, Mary is somewhat less than pleased. Child, she says to the one whom the Nicene Creed calls God from God, light from light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father. Child. Child. Where have you been? Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety." Holy family dysfunction. Does this sound remotely familiar to any of you? Let's just ask, how many of you have heard similar words like that from your mama? Raise your hands. Yeah, the rest of you are lying. <laughs> and Jesus gives his mother what my, Sunday school, my childhood Sunday school teachers told us was a profound adolescent insight. Don't you know I must be about my real father's business? But now, having parented, I wonder if Mary saw uh, if, if Mary saw Jesus, uh, heard Jesus' words as a teenage attempt at gospel triangling. Y'all going to think about that? Personally, I doubt if the mother of God ever let him forget that incident. And then there was the wedding in Cana of Galilee. You remember? They have no wine Mother Mary says, to God's only begotten Son, raising His ire and sending those same Baptist Sunday school teachers I had as a child scurrying. O woman, Jesus says to the Theotokos, what concern is that to you or to me? My hour has not yet come. But Mary will have none of his messianic hesitance. Do whatever he tells you, she says to the servants, who straightway straightway bring six stone water jars filled to the brim, the text says, with 20 to 30 gallons of water. And in a twinkling, water becomes wine. 180 gallons of Cabernet, (laughs) I'm fantasizing, (laughs) so good that the caterer says to the mystified but overjoyed bridegroom, and this is how the New Revised Standard really translates it, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Mary amazes, shocks her son, the wedding party, and many of us with that audacious request. And son Jesus fulfills her request so dramatically that John's Gospel concludes. This was the first sign that he was the Messiah and his disciples believed in him, especially after they'd had a cup of two or two, no doubt. This earthy messianic moment is saved by that wonderful kingdom of God grace-filled promise for wine-bibbers and teetotalers alike. But you have saved the best until last. After the Cana experience, there's little doubt that everybody wanted Jesus and his mama at their parties. And they apparently showed up. Remember the critique from the prayer meeting crowd? (laughs) He associates with tax collectors, wine-bibbers, and public sinners. Mary was quite a woman, and that's why we do well to learn to sing her justice lyrics with all our hearts. Think of it. Here she is, as we prayed this morning, no more than a teenager if first century Jewish marital culture is to be considered at all told by an angel who introduces himself by name that she will bear a child who will be called son of the highest and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary turns from inquiry how can this be considering that I know not a man to resolve be it unto me according to thy word to joy My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And the occasion of her singing is so fascinating that when she goes to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth, in the hill country, no sooner had she entered the room than the little Baptist Elizabeth is carrying gets all. Pentecostal in utero. Leaping, the text says, in his own mother's belly. Mary is so overwhelmed by these strange events that all she can do is sing. Theology you can't sing isn't much theology at all. So Mary belts out, the New English Bible says, Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice, my spirit, in God my Savior. When we find grace, or grace finds us, when we are overtaken by God in ways we'd never expect, sometimes all we can do is sing. Remember Jesus' commentary on that? Sometimes the presence of God is so astounding in the world that if we don't cry out, the rocks will be compelled to do so. Mary, the King James says, is full of grace. Don't you love that phrase? And don't you wish... It was about you too, full of grace. But but because it is grace, unsought, unexpected, undeserved, and oh so sweet, her only outlet is unfettered joy. Yet if she had stopped there, Mary and the rest of us would have been the worse for it. And ever so quickly, praise turns to justice. And the second verse of her magnificent Magnificat reveals her wisdom and shames our shallowness with lyrics of justice we easily ignore, forget, or just don't want to sing. God has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Uh oh. God hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. God has filled the hungry with good things the rich sent away empty. Radical words, a resounding protest against the way things are in the world still. How dare she turn from joy? which we can all share, rich and poor alike, and draw lines in the economic and political sand. How dare Mary, a Jewish peasant woman, turn safe and spiritual lyrics into social mandate. Today, Mary's song sounds across the centuries, but is anybody really listening? In the uncommon era, 2016, Our world works diligently to renegotiate Mary's lyrics of justice, reverse them, if you will. Our God of battles, bank accounts, and corporate mergers sings another song in which the proud have been given the imagination of their hearts. They are often economically in charge of the rest of us. The wealthy have been filled with good things and the poor sent away empty with budget cuts and Medicare revisions and pension cancellation and no place to lay their heads. Did the lyrics of justice and joy prevail last week in the chants of Native Americans echoing across the frozen North Carolina landscape when the Corps of Engineers decided to reroute that oil pipeline away from sacred land and water? Lyrics of justice and hope, it's not a done deal yet, but lyrics of justice and hope in sub-zero weather. Sometimes, maybe, the humble do get exalted. You see, whatever else the words of Jesus' melodic, melodic mama means, it surely means this. Divine encounter is inseparable from prophetic response. The God who offers grace to virgins and non-virgins alike is the God who goes looking for the poor, the oppressed, the beat down, the beat up, the left behind. The God who won't give up until the last one of us finds a home. Mary's song means that Advent preparation includes the possibility of dissent against things the culture takes for granted. Carols, anthems, texts, and traditions must not silence us to justice issues bubbling up all around us. Last week, as Advent cranked up, the KKK held a quote, celebration parade in the state where I live. Suddenly, Mary's words, God has scattered the proud and all their schemes, takes on a whole new meaning in North Carolina. So let's all learn the lyrics of justice. Sing out with joy, clear and strong of grace and goodness that finds us in the secret places of our living where we least expect. But sing out also of the God who stands with the exploited and wants all God's people to do the same who longs for justice for the poor and the broken and who expects those who name God's name to live out that kind of vision in the world. A world where the lame walk and the speechless speak and the sightless see and the crooked is made straight where justice really does roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Sojourner Truth, the black woman abolitionist of 19th century America, knew how to sing the lyrics of justice, telling the story of Jesus and freedom across the North on the eve of the Civil War. On one occasion, she was challenged by a man who shouted out at a public meeting that she had no right to address a mixed crowd, men and women, since she was merely a woman. And in her response, she reached all the way back To the Blessed Virgin Mary and the freedom she bore in carrying the Son of the Most High. Said Sojourner Truth, some say woman can't have as much rights as a man because Christ wasn't a woman. I ask you, where did Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with it. She continues, if the first woman God ever made turned the world upside down, then all women working together ought to be able to put it back together again. And now that they're asking to do it, the men better let them. From Mother Mary to Sister Sojourner comes a call to praise and prophetic dissent then and there, here and now. Let's sing it out together in joy for the God who saves the best until last, and who saves even the last one best. Amen.